Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of The 52, where two jabroni best friends with zero credentials review 52 of Netflix's 2021 originals. My name is Nikki. My name is Greg. For the record, he's a genius, and I went to film school. Let's get started. So, this week, or this episode, I guess, we did Monster, which is a technically a 2018 American legal drama film. It premiered at Sundance in... January on January 22nd of 2018, but the film was acquired and released by Netflix May 7th, 2021. And it's a mixed bag. Um, aren't they all? Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them aren't. Some of them are really just bad. Yeah, some of them are just bad. Um, this doesn't have a synopsis on Wikipedia. There's just a premise from Netflix. So... Monster tells the story of Steve Harmon, a 17-year-old honor student whose world comes crashing down around him when he is charged with felony murder. The film follows his dramatic journey from a smart, likable film student from Harlem attending an elite high school through a complex legal battle that could leave him spending the rest of his life in prison. Truthfully, I don't think this movie could even have a plot, um... Really, Synopsis, yeah, no. because it's a lot of it's, it. That is it. That That's is all it. this film is. The rest of it is just legal drama and introspection. Yeah, basically. Um, okay, well, I took notes as, as uh, usual, as become my usual. And um, I took notes, too. But yeah. really, it was just little blurbs that I thought were either whack or weird. I think that's kind of what I do. I mean, it's just usually some commentary, but like... Also, to down. start off with... Pretty fire cast besides like the kids because we I didn't really know them. Oh, he didn't know who Jennifer Hudson was. Um, no, I didn't recognize Jennifer Hudson. I know who Jennifer Hudson. You didn't is. even know she won American Idol. Yes, I did. That's what the <laughs> only thing I know her for being famous for besides like the rest of her music. I think she was in Dream Girls too. She was in a lot of things, but okay. Eh, she a great actress. I don't know. Is she? I almost thought she won an Oscar. Ha- no way. <laughs> you gotta fucking look into that later. I don't fucking believe I'm that at all. I'm looking right now. I don't believe that at all. I think Jennifer Hudson nah. maybe won an Oscar, dude. Also, since when is her nickname J-Hud? That's always been a thing. No, it hasn't. Oh my God. She's won an Oscar, a Golden Globe, <laughs> and two Grammys. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she was named one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. What the fuck did she win an Oscar for? I thought Dream Girls. I don't even know what that is. That's because you didn't go to film school. Awards and nominations. Yeah, what did she win an Oscar for? In acting, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Shit. She also won a British Film Award for that and a Critics' Choice Award. Where's the Golden Globes? It was almost like it was a big deal. Beyonce was in it. Golden Globes was also Dreamgirls. You should watch Dreamgirls. What is it about? Um, it's... uh, Dreamgirls is about a a female, like, singing group, but it's like a take on something, like, in a historical group. She won a SAG award, too. But yes, Jennifer Hudson is not just... Whatever! Anyway, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is Steve... Jennifer Hudson is his mother. Jeffrey Wright, who I enjoy, is his father. Um, Jennifer L. Don't know who she is. She's his public defender. I've seen her before. I don't know in what. Chick was good. And then Tim Blake Nelson is his teacher. 
And ASAP Rocky and John David Washington are his co-conspirators, I guess. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, so that's the cast. Those are like the big people. Um, I guess I'll start with my note first, and then... Oh, we'll... we can go with your notes, yeah. I really don't... I have random things. Okay, well, I thought the, the opening scene was good. Um... Because it makes the audience pretty disoriented. So what we see initially is just this uh, bodega footage. So this black and white grainy footage of a man getting, you know, brutally uh, accosted. I think that was a big word I just used there. Uh, he dies. Um, and then... Now I'll stop you right there. I used the wrong word. No. I find it questionable to call his murder brutal. I think it definitely was. Because technically he shot himself. But it was like... But he shot himself. All the other two guys did were wrestle with him a little and like smack him on the head once. Dude shot himself. Yeah, but that's... Now here's the deal, legally. Is if you commit a crime and somebody dies, whether you kill them or not, it's a felony. So they're still at fault. They shouldn't have robbed this man. They shouldn't have robbed him, no. But did they kill him? They led to his death. That I find questionable. Yeah, but doing something that leads to somebody's death is manslaughter. Now, it maybe it's murder because they planned the robbery. I think like, they're bad dudes. They never killed him. No, they didn't mean to kill him, but... They did go eat chicken after Dude, like, that's no better than, dying. like, when my dad choked me with my own arm. He's like, technically, you choked yourself. Like, no, that's different. You he was choked cho- me, nigga. He was nigga. choking you with, <laughs> with your arm. <laughs> yeah, that's but it's my arm. They didn't hold his hand up to himself with the gun and pull the trigger. He didn't just fucking shoot himself. Yeah, he did. Not really. <laughs> A little. Anyway. We're up, you know, that, I don't know. Did I choke myself? Maybe. No, but did they accost him? Yes. <laughs> um, so you see this footage, and then you, you also see um, the footage. What's his name, the main character? Steve. Steve. You see um, footage of Steve kind of getting uh, booked initially, and him kind of being like, what's going on? You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Where are my parents? Yeah, where are, are my, my parents here? Yeah, he sounds very juvenile, which is fine because he's he is young. He's a young teenager, and he's not really hardened. He's a um, junior, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, that's right. She did say that. She's like, "Your junior is so you're serious." Like Sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, um, and he's like not a thug. Like that's the whole thing. Um, so anyway, I thought that actually the the opening scene was pretty good, where they jumped even to the mug shots. Like that whole mm-hmm. the whole opening is very disorienting and good for me. Because it puts me in Steve's shoes. Um, yeah, you're like, I'm confused. I haven't committed any crimes. What would I be like if I was getting booked? Especially because I resonate with Steve. Steve is a film student. Um, but as Nikki puts it, he's a film student in the worst way. Absolutely. The way they portray him is awful. He's one of those film bros. Uh, but we'll we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, initially, what also I noticed was that there's a lot of voiceover. Um which I'm not crazy about. I often find it to be a very lazy um, device, uh, depending depending on how it's used. But um, they did an interesting thing where they did it in a script formatting style. So he would say, like, interior, 
courtroom day, oh, like yeah, for example. He, he mentioned that he's the director of this and his life. And his life, yes. Which again, film student in the worst way. Very yeah. meta. Like we don't I'm need I'm the all director that. of my life. Like no shit. Come on, bro. We're the writers too. Um Oh wow, so you're telling me he's a director and screenwriter? Well, we're everything. We're, you know Fantastic. what I'm saying? We're the showrunners. Um, so that was what I initially noted. Then the next thing that I noted was that uh, we need, see him for the first time talking with his lawyer. Um, this I actually thought was kind of neat. So he's sitting in the chair. Uh, she's talking to him about the case, what have you. And then she leaves the room to speak with, um, I think, the opposing lawyer. Yeah, she was talking to the assistant district attorney, who's an asshole. Okay, yeah, the sister, assistant district attorney. Um, but what I did think was kind of cool is that you could hear their voices still, um, but it, at a not a muted tone, but like a, a tone as though you were Steve and you could hear from the other side of the glass. So we could still hear them in their conversation, but it was just low. Dude, and the DA offered... It was time, yeah, it was a lot of time. 20 years as a deal. As a deal, yeah. And then she countered with seven. Like, she was still ready to send this kid to jail for Even seven Even though she years. didn't think he did it. That gets contentious. But yeah. anyway, um, so I thought that was particular. That was a good um, uh, device. Um, okay, so then he also does a voiceover about the jury uh, over the case. And... Um, like, you know, the jury people sitting there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was, like, sort of artistic, but a little heavy-handed. Um, so A lot of this was heavy-handed. Yeah. You know, so it rides the line of, like, not terrible and, like, maybe they have a point. But then you're also like, this is a little much. Um, and the whole court scene is just extra, which I wrote immediately. But that ends up being, like, the majority of this film. Ooh, that brings me to one of my notes that I actually remember cleanest most absolutely movie set courtroom I've ever seen. Really? Most courtrooms are dingy as fuck or just old. As for you, they're pretty they're pretty clean. Yeah, but this was like modern postmodern like this is an architectural building like Yeah, that's true. Like the it looked like Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, you're right, actually, about that. I didn't even think about that. From, like, the Dark Knight series? Yeah, yeah, no, I see it, what you're saying. It it looked like... Like, everything was matte black. The lighting was, like, really intense industrial. Yeah, it was industrial. The, the bench that the judge actually sat at looked, like, weird. Like, I don't, I don't know. No, I think you're actually got a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um... I also was not sure if his his lawyer was a public defender. She is. See, that's what I thought. Okay, so which is problematic to me. Well, really. Well, there's wait. I, yeah, you know, go ahead. Well, the, what the fuck? Um, Gregory's phone is ringing. Time out. Hey guys, sorry, Greg had to get his food from Grubhub. Uh, that's why his phone is ringing. So anyway, we're back. Um. Okay, so this is the thing. So she's a public defender, which is what I thought because she said he he asked her about her case files. Like she had mm-hmm. a ton of like files with her or whatever, like a ton though. And he's like, "Are those all yours?" And she's like, "Yes." So I almost thought it was amazing that she was such a good lawyer, given that she was a public defender. But also, what was strange 
was before that we saw a flashback to earlier in the day that he'd been, um, I guess the day that he'd uh, committed this crime, supposedly. Um, they showed him getting ready for school. And it did a really good job of showing his family's socioeconomic status and their dynamic, which is kind of what I was surprised as to why he would have a public defender. I think they his have father, money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They have a brownstone in Harlem, which those are no longer cheap. Uh, and they fun. own the whole thing, too. Yeah, they own the whole thing. There's, I think there's two other kids. He says at least has a little brother. He has a little brother, for sure. Um, is his, his father's a professor? No, he was like... No, he's an architect or something. An advertisement designer. And I don't know what his mom does. Neither do I, but she was dressed very well for work. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised that he didn't have a public defender. Um, like, his dad had a whole design studio downstairs. It was pretty cool, actually. And he goes to Stuyvesant. I don't, I don't know. I doubt he's on a scholarship. Um, I think those are... Uh, those aren't schools you have to pay school. for. It's a public school. Yeah, but you have to test to get into them. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I wrote. Um, oh, okay. So I also... This was interesting, I guess, because ASAP Rocky was also in the film, but... Uh, who I also did not recognize. That's really funny. Uh, I did <laughs> definitely didn't know who that was. Um, the way that Steve documents... Um, Things on his phone, like his, you know, film school. Hate it. It's very music video esque. Hate it. Um, so I feel like the film's trying to be a little hip, especially with ASAP Rocky, like in the film, but it never quite lands for me. It feels like a caricature of, of a music video. Maybe. Why is he always recording with that stupid fucking filter? Because it makes it deep, Gregory. It's black and white, and it's grainy. It's horrible. Of course, it is horrible. But it's film schooly. That's In the the worst way. The worst way. He's a film bro. I would never ever watch anything that looked like that. Steve's gonna go to NYU and do experimental narrative, just so you guys know. And then not. Make anything of note. That's what... No one's going to think that, though. Everyone's going to think it's awesome at the school. Would they really? Yes. God, it was bad. It's not That gonna... whole movie that he... That short... No, that nothing will ever in, come of in it. In school? Nothing will ever come of it. Like with his little girlfriend? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, but it's going to get him his... Uh, he's, that's how he's going to get into NYU. Yeah. <laughs> um... So th- that's one thing I wrote. Uh, then his... They actually did two of these... Um, where his parents come to talk to him in the jail. Uh, but the first one was with his father, which I wrote, poignant conversation with father. I just don't really recall all of what he had been said. I think, do you remember? Not really. I just remember it being poignant. I don't think I remember much of note. Um, I think his father was very frustrated, but I can't. And frightened. Well, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. His father said that when he was born, he oh, envisioned yeah. his entire life as scenes from a movie. I'm pretty sure is what he said. And that he foresaw all different kinds of eventualities with his son. He even saw moments where he knew he would be frustrated with him, where he knew he would be angry and that he would let him down. But that out of all of those 
possible futures. This wasn't one of them. He never saw this happen. Yeah, this that was the conversation. Which, as a black father in America, he could have at least one time thought of his son maybe getting falsely arrested. Well, that's the whole thing. We don't know if he's been falsely arrested at this point. That's the whole thing. Actually, with this film, we don't know what has happened yet. Yeah, we don't know what the crime was. Um, Even when we moment. find out what the crime is, we don't know what Steve's involvement actually was or if he actually is innocent. Um, okay, so then... But, like, I would have imagined, like, you know, my kid might get arrested one day. Well, maybe for something else. For anything. Not murder. He didn't know that at the point. Well, he yes, he did. Oh, he knew that then. Yeah, but we don't, we don't really know too much about this, you know, as an audience. Um, so, uh, so when th- this is another scene, um, and it's of Steve at home looking at the TV screen, and the news is talking about the murder that has taken place that he was somehow involved with, and when he looks, he looks very guilty. Um, honestly, to the to the audience, super like super duper guilty. Um, and we still don't know if he's done it at this and point. And he's like trying to distract his mom from watching the news. So yeah, because she's super focused on this. She's like, "Hold on, Steve, I gotta watch this." Uh, so I thought that was pretty crazy. And then the next notable scene is when the police actually grab Steve from his home. So this was a very interesting, and I don't know if this was a very much like a take on like police brutality in the United States in terms of like how they deal with black people. But, uh, they knock on the door very, um, you know, uh, politely say like, Hey, you know, uh, we're, I don't even think they said we were looking for your son. Oh, they, they, they came in and said, you know, we just have some questions for your son. Yeah. We have some questions and then they immediately barge in, uh, Mm. No, no, they politely came, but they, they mm-hmm. grabbed him violently. Oh, yeah, once he finally comes once down. Once they see him. He looked at him, he was like, you're Steve? And Steve looked around like crazy. He was like, uh, yeah, immediately arrested that Yeah, they, but they basically pulled him out of his house, and I don't even think it was very legal how they went about this. Um, so much so that the parents were totally freaking out. The dad even rushed in front of the police car being like, you can't do this. They wouldn't tell him where they were taking him either. They didn't tell him what they were even taking him for. No, it's really so. I'm not even sure why they did it to them like that. Cause they could have just been honest about it. I mean, we've seen it on SVU a million times, but normally they just fucking knock on the door. The second the door's open, they're like, yo, we got an arrest warrant for Steve, and they just fucking But I don't know if they him. had an arrest warrant. They because, did. But they didn't say it. No, and the dad asked them where the warrant was, but that's the only way you can go and arrest someone. But that's the thing, though. We just, I think the way, because they didn't go by the technicalities, I think they're trying to show how black people are treated in America by the police. Like, not in the most like, legal way. Yeah. Um... So then the next scene that was notable was Jennifer Hudson visits the prison. Hi, Jennifer. Um, which, again, another poignant scene. She was really good at um, painting, like, the Christian ideals in the African-American community. And his because, unease at it. Well, he was, I think he was uneasy because that's not something that you'd want other people to... They don't want to be seen as weak in jail. Yeah. So he's around other um, inmates. And they're watching him. So he's, you know, she was trying to pass him the Bible with verses that she'd um, 
highlighted, but then she wasn't allowed to do that. So she's like, okay, repeat after me. So he just seems to be like a little boy in this scene. And then uh, it's just something you can easily be made fun of for, even in the well, real yeah, world. Because he does it anyway, well, yes, which is he... what makes him seem like a little boy. Because really, I would have been like, hey, mom, can't do that because they'll shank me later. Yeah, he's very soft and not very... Um, we don't really know exactly how long he's been in jail for, um, but there was one other scene with an inmate, and I didn't write this in my notes, but it's just it's coming back to me, that uh, he was looking... Th- through his fingertips. Oh, I wrote that down. As though he as if he was filming people. But in a weird way. So he doesn't do like that. You know, like sometimes people will make a viewfinder with their with both of their hands, like in the square like that, and they'll look through it. Um, this guy does like, like a, a scope. weird scope out of his hand and just looks around a prison yard. And then the guy's like, you can't do that. Like, Because you can't. You can't stare at people. That's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen anyone do in a depiction of prison. I would even use a viewfinder, honestly. I would just look around. Yeah, because you can look around if you want. Don't stare at people, though. That's definitely a no-go. Don't even do that in real life, because I've been told not to do that. (laughs) Honestly. it's like I mean, you can, but that's the worst time to ever do that. It's a sign of aggression, supposedly, even if it's just your curiosity. Um, this is what I've been told when I go places that maybe are a little dangerous. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so kind of, the, I thought that was really good. They uh, showed that with uh, Jennifer Hudson because it is really something that is very much part of the African-American community. Um, thinking that God will pull you out of uh, situations, although it's always very um, hypocritical in my opinion, because uh, black people were not Christians; they were um, uh, what's converted when they were brought over here from slavery. So I always think it's kind of like a, are we sure we want to do this? Like, do you know what I mean, Greg? Yes. <laughs> um. So, so that was that was that. The next scene, um, there's this man named uh, Bobo. Uh, he was definitely in on the murder. Uh, he's one of the main guys and he didn't really know Steve. Steve really knew ASAP Rocky's character. This was a friend of ASAP Rocky's character. So anyway, uh, Bobo retells the story and he doesn't really incriminate Steve in his retelling. Um, he just kept saying that was, you know, uh, I don't know ASAP Rocky's character's name, but he was like, that's his, his guy or, you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when he said after, he retells the story of what happened. Then he says afterwards, we got wings, fries, and orange soda from like the Chinese spot. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious because he didn't give a fuck that someone was dead. Mm-mm. And Chinese food places do serve those things, but th- that's not Chinese food. That's not even knockoff Chinese food. That's like that really ghetto, like, that's just funny to me. I don't know. I just wrote it down. Wings from Chinese spots do be slapping sometimes. Really? I've never had them. But I wouldn't have told that story. <laughs> um, all they had to do was say instead of orange is grape soda, and they would have really fucking gotten to these stereotypes a little too hard. It was already a little too stereotypical. <laughs> um, they were smoking a fucking black and mild like on top of an Escalade. That I don't know about. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Is that like a ghetto thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, is, wait, is it a blunt? theoretically but i don't even know how you that might be 
my failure as somebody that does smoke weed, but I don't know how you could roll a black and mild as a blunt because they're, they're fixed. Like they're, it's a single It's like a cigarette. You know how hard it is. You've done it before, but to empty out a cigarette. Is it a cigarette or is it like put a... weed inside of it? It's a cigar, but it's the same oh. concept because it's one single fixed piece with a filter at the end of it. Oh, so I don't know how the fuck you empty that out and put weed in it. I don't know either. I don't really like to smoke um, tobacco, guys. So like I, but I, people also do just smoke black and mild. No, I don't. I'm just saying I've never. I'm not really too wise to that. Um, I do like to empty out a cigarette and use that because it burns really fast. This is just getting a tangent of you know you getting to know me a little bit, but uh, it is cool once in a while. Um, so when. This is the next scene I wrote about was, uh, sorry, this is like a, a bunch of random scenes just because the film itself kind of is a bunch of montages. It's not really like oh, a very linear thing. It's a bunch of random scenes. Um, so this isn't me doing a poor job of writing notes. It's really just a poor film. Um, <laughs> so when Steve gets on the stand, because she said that was going to be the way that they would win this case, she's like, you have to make the jury believe that you didn't do it. And she even asked, like, you don't think I did? And she's like, that doesn't matter. Um, because it doesn't matter as a lawyer, technically. Well, technically, no. But I also wanted to know, like, does she think he did it? Um, I don't know. She was very kind to him. She was very kind. In I, a way that you wouldn't be with somebody that you did think committed the crime. You would just kind of be a little indifferent. But I she, think she thought he was young, and maybe the way he was involved was kind of a little bit... Convoluted. Of, convoluted. Yeah. Which it is. Um, so when he gets on the stand, we... We don't really get his version of the of what happened. Well, because you can't in, just get on the stand entirety. and give a monologue. You have to answer questions. Well, see, that's the thing. They sort of answered some questions, and then we kind of got a little bit of what happened. So we find out that, um, how do I describe what we find out? We basically find out that he was walking home or something, something like that. And he's he's riding up, his bike. Riding his bike. ASAP Rocky calls him over and he's like, you know, like, what's good? And he's like, go check in that bodega to see if anyone's in there. And he doesn't tell him why. Or and he gives him a talk about trust. Yes. Beforehand. He's he, like, you know that I have your back in the street. I need you to show me that I can trust you. Yeah. So he prefaces all this. And again, he has a very like. Honestly, he shouldn't have a relationship with ASAP Rocky's character. I think he's a little bit... Um, naive? Not only naive, but I think he's taken aback by him. I think he finds the relationship a little bit scandalous. And he was too... I also think he was too scared to ever say no. Well, I definitely think he was I too scared. I think from the second he started talking to him, like ASAP Rocky came up to him... Oh, I don't mean in just this interaction. I just even mean when we talk no, I mean in prior... General. Like when when he first came up to him, like that first interaction in the in the park, yeah, um, by the basketball court, he should have just walked away. I thought he was slightly enamored with him, and really, he was told to not go in that park at all. I think he was slightly enamored of with course. him. It was a little because taboo. Because it's a different, you so, know, he comes from a sort of more upstanding. He's black not family urban in that black, community. like an urban, yeah. And he's seeing this like sort of villainous black character but well, charismatic charismatic but also it's a way to connect with because the black community is a lot of things right and you're always told like you're not black enough if you're not like this and that and that so i mean 
was Steve um, whitewashed? I mean, I don't know. Was he black S- enough in that context? No. Like, quotes? No. No. And him playing with ASAP Rocky or um, entertaining him was kind of like when I ventured off and I watched the Boondocks for the first time. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's the equivalent, in my opinion, um, not dangerous, but just, you know, reaching into different depths of our culture. Um, I'm black for all of you that don't know this out there. I'm, well, I'm very mixed, but black uh, also. Um, so anyway, we see him talk to the, him and he was like, you know, go in there and uh, see if someone's in there. And he was kind of like, I don't really want to do that. And he's like, go in there. And he was he was scared. And he was like, when you come out, if there's no cops in there. Give a signal. Yeah, give a signal. He was like, what signal? He's like, I don't know, do some shit. Um, which is not, you know, you're going to commit a crime, have your eyes and your teeth. not very well teas. planned out. I yeah. would have probably told him previous to that. What's going on? Um, so anyway. That's technically his loophole. Yeah. Because he was, okay. Well, see, but this is the thing, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a loophole. Because he goes in and checks, he lets them know, but then he looks off Did into the... Did he let them know, though? Because he... he Went in there, bought a soda, really scared, and I think that already set off the guy at the at the bodega because he was like, "I know, I know everybody him. around here." He said, "I know my You're not one of my normal." But he was customers. very kind. Yeah, he was like, Which "Welcome like. to the hood, whatever." But Steve goes out and does that film thing that he does, where he's looking at the light. Well, he looks up into the sun. And so we don't really know, was he was he a lookout? We don't know. Don't stare at the sun. No, don't stare at the sun. But this is the thing, that's where it kind of ends, and that's why we're not sure as an audience, was he a lookout? Because that was the whole thing. They were saying he looked out, as in, like, did he stay outside while they committed the crime? I don't know that. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what it was. Yeah. He, it's, it's not that he was standing outside as a lookout. It's, but that's what they were saying he did. All they were saying he did? Was that he went in there, checked if there was anybody in there, and came out. You're already part of the crime. No, I don't think so. I think they made him sound like he was a lookout. Mm-mm. Yeah. The whole point was that he was, all he was supposed to do was reconnaissance. I know that's what he was supposed to do. But that's but what, what they were charging him for. I don't think so. That's what they were charging him for. Because technically that is being a lookout. You went in, saw, looked out, and then gave a signal. I and thought, then walked away. Okay, my impression of the film was that I wasn't sure if he stayed outside while the film was while the crime was committed. No, he dipped. He grabbed his bike and went. We home. never saw him do that. But we know that he did because he went home. I don't know. I don't know that. The problem is, in terms of the law, is did he know a crime was being committed? They never said then. He didn't though. Because all ASAP Rocky told him was go in there, look around, and give us a signal. He didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But I don't know. I just feel like the way that they ended up with the film, we don't really have a concrete answer. And I feel like we're in the jury's shoes. We're like, was he guilty or not? I'm not sure. Because if you know, first of all, you already know ASAP Rocky's a criminal. You know that Bobo is a weird motherfucker. You also know he's a criminal. You committed to him. He's also a criminal. He told on himself. If I had two known criminals call me over while they're like staking out a bodega, because they were just staring across at that bodega, and they tell me, hey, go inside and let me know if there's any cops in there, and then come out and give me a signal, that's, I know for a fact they're trying to commit a crime. 
what the fuck else are they trying to do? Go in when the deli's not full? I mean, even if you... I don't know. I think it just was the wrong place at the wrong time. And I think he was a little bit of a bitch. Because he got scared. I think he got scared. And I wouldn't really call him a lookout then if he just said, like, no one's in the bodega. But also, yeah, I don't know. But I feel like in the end, we just don't know. So it's up, it's up for us to kind of decide. And I think he's he's not even sure if he's like, am I a monster? Am I this? It's very contemplative. Like, he very lied meta. on the stand, though. Well, because he said he had, what did he say? He said he had absolutely nothing to do with it. And that he hadn't, he'd only seen Bobo like once a few months ago. He only spoke to ASAP Rocky like infrequently, and they were just acquaintances. Everybody was an acquaintance. Well, I think he was acquainted with ASAP Rocky. I wouldn't call them friends. Sure, they weren't friends, but I don't know. And I think they have him on footage too. They have him. They have him on tape in Go the store. Go into the bodega. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how they. At the end of the film, he's innocent. Um, uh, that's they deem him innocent. Um, but he has this sort of afterthought about, like, well, am I then a monster? Am I yada yada? Yeah, he feels guilt because he knows he definitely went in there and then came out and gave them a signal. Yeah, he did do that. I mean, honestly, he told the truth. He still might have gotten off just because he... Well, it's he interesting. He has no record. He has no record. His family, again, the socioeconomic status, and he had a character witness, which was his film school teacher, glowing reviews, essentially, saying, like, I don't think Steve would ever do this. Not the Steve that I know. And the ADA is also a dickhead. The ADA was really pushing to get him... um, Because he's like, what do you you know what Steve does at night? No, but if Steve's a gangbanger, I doubt he'd be in my film club. Yeah, like, those things don't really go together. Um... Uh, yes, but one thing I did find particularly interesting, um, this film was, like, very, uh, stereotypical in some ways, but what I thought was interesting was the ADA, um, there was another lawyer with him who was black. No. That, see, this is a weird court case, because there's one prosecutor and multiple defendants. Well, someone else was black. That black lawyer was ASAP Rocky's lawyer. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, but he totally did it, so never mind. That doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, the judge was black. The judge was black. That was kind of crazy. Yes. Me. I didn't know how to really take that because I felt like the film was trying to make a statement about um, the ju- judicial system and police brutality and how we treat black people in America, yet the judge was black. So I don't... It, but We didn't get enough from the judge like acting in a particular way I guess for there to be for me to walk away with it in, in any particular way like was the judge acting unfairly like no and I think this kid is too clean yeah he's, he's too clean for the story they're trying to port, like portray. portray yeah like the people that are typically being accused of these crimes they're they're not as like this kid was too clean he was cleaner than me, dude. 100%. You've had tickets, more tickets than this kid has ever had in his life. Yeah. Well, he's younger. Well, yeah, but, like, he's done nothing. I feel like he comes bu- from an upstanding family. Like, does he even smoke weed? I don't even know if he smokes weed, bro. No, they no, they did, because they oh, went to, like, a weed? club or whatever, and okay. they had drinks. I guess they had fake IDs. Or, and Never mind. But, Maybe like, he was cooler than me. 
Well, because at one point he quotes and says that, like, in the average teenager's life, like, a crime is committed every three hours or some shit like that when a bunch of teenagers are out on the street. Really? I guess. No teen I know. I mean, underage drinking is a crime. I, oh, then never mind. It was rampant Smoking in my high school. Smoking weed is a crime. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. Doing any other kinds of drugs are crimes. I didn't do a lot of drugs. Shoplifting is a crime. I People never shoplifted. Did that all the time. I did. What? Oh, yeah, you know that. I didn't know you shoplifted. Yes, I did. No, I did not I've know that. I've told you this before. Shoplifted what? Random shit. Mostly from corporations, though. Like, not from, like... Brandon had a bad habit of robbing places, too. Yeah, but don't lump me in with that. That you both did petty stealing? Everybody does. I've never done You've that. You've never stolen anything? No. You've never stolen anything? I don't steal things. I I remember when I was in middle school, I used to, the closest I came to stealing, and this was my rationale, I would eat things. Other people's things? Like in Target, I would eat something. That's stealing, bro. In my mind, it wasn't stealing. That's I ate stealing. it. That's stealing. You're one of those people who just goes through the supermarket and like grabs a handful of grapes? No, no. It was more like... Packaged food? Not like That's like even snacks. more stealing. Snacks. This fatty was eating like fucking little Debbie cakes and just fucking I don't even throwing know the package the behind the shelf. I was a nasty... What the fuck? That was in middle school. I guess I did rob. Yeah, you fucking thief. <laughs> what the hell? But in my rationale, so I ate it inside. It wasn't stealing. In what way? You didn't pay for it. I didn't take it, though. You took it out with you in your stomach. None of the packaging or anything like that. You don't need the packaging. I didn't leave with packaging. I would cut shit out of the packaging and walk out. I guess this is up for the audience to decide. You know, how guilty am I? Um, also... Matter of fact, I stole from a Best Buy one time in the city. How you come full, full circle? Greg works at Best Buy. Um, and I worked at Best Buy technically previously as loss prevention, so that's even funnier. I was that on is the funny. inside. On the inside. It's like a Microsoft Surface Mouse or some shit like that. I forgot I'd done that shit. Yeah. Dude, that means I'm really, I was really a fat kid. Like, I hate when people. Oh, you were definitely fat. Yeah, I was, I hate this. I never stole food. Like, what the fuck? No, I did steal food. Yeah, see? I'm a liar. Greg and I are both fat. In the supermarket. Well, because. I fucking stole it. Greg and I are both fat guys. And then ate it after. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think it was Pop-Tarts. Um, also, apparently we have 20 listeners out there. I don't know who you are. 20 regular listeners. 20 regular listeners. Um, I love every single one of you. And I'm glad that someone's listening to us talk. We might make a website so you can interact with us. Because I'd love to know who you guys are. And make this a more interactive platform. Um, and maybe you'd like to get to know us too. Because we've thought of doing like spinoff podcasts. One may be just personality-based, because I think we have a lot to talk about. We were even thinking of doing a Patreon version uh, where we film it, and Greg and I are both naked. Um, Not a thing. um, It's definitely a thing. Greg just wasn't going to be naked. I was. Anyway, Uh, let me run through my notes real quick. I'm no longer fat. Okay. Uh (laughs) I'm letting the audience know. They know. I don't think they know. Do they know I'm doing a body comp? I don't know. I'm a bodybuilder, sort of. But now you guys know. Anyway, one of them was cleanest and most modern courtroom I've ever seen. Um, ASAP Rocky was playing basketball in a huge floppy sweater. I said that seems like an inconvenient outfit for basketball. So does sagging your pants behind, like, under your ass. Viewfinder with hand. Don't do that shit in prison, stupid. That was my <laughs> note. <laughs> um, 
hate the filter he records everything with. It's, yeah, it's like very early Instagram. Oh, good quote that his lawyer told him. She said, you're young, you're black, and you're on trial. What else do they need to know in terms of the jury immediately thinking he's guilty? That's why it's on the nose, though. I feel like that was like a really excessively on the nose. But that's a that's a thing. <sighs> young, black, and on trial, what else do they need to know? That's an actual thing. I guess it's an actual thing. I don't know. I have very... Well, we'll get into my opinions about this afterwards. Um, I don't like the Foley they used for his camera, and I don't like that he used that specific camera. He used, like, a really dingy, almost disposable-looking 35-millimeter film camera. You don't like the Foley they used? No, it didn't sound like that camera would sound. I know exactly how that camera I sounds. don't really remember him filming. And it didn't sound like that camera. He was always walking around taking shots on film. Yeah, which is also not very practical and expensive, and I don't really believe that he has the skill set to do that anyway. Neither do I. He definitely wasn't developing it himself either. He was just fucking... Well, they send it. Yeah. Um, I like... There's a scene where his lawyer... He's His lawyer's finally decided to put him on the stand because shit's not looking good, and she knows it. Um... And the thing is, legally, your lawyer can't coach you on what to say on the stand. You can't, they can't say, um, they can't give you a question and be like, hey, when was the last time you saw Bobo? And he'll be like, oh, I've never met Bobo in my life. The lawyer can't be like, you can't say that. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that the, that why she because, came to the cup game? Yes. Oh. Because if the ADA was like, did your attorney coach you on those statements? theoretically i mean you could just lie it's perjury but he Here was already, already lying perjury. on the stand anyway mm-hmm. yeah. um but you would have to say yes because your lawyer did coach you so i liked the cup thing that she did because technically she's not coaching him she basically said that she flipped the cup either up or down depending on if she liked what he had said to her question and he fucked up every single one yeah he didn't on do the first response job. he was really just stupid um one of them was brutally savagely murdered question mark i said i think not okay greg doesn't think it was a savage murder i thought when we saw the play like he got shot once with his own gun out of his own hand yes i I think a brutal savage murder would be like if they walked into the deli with machetes and just started fucking chopping him to pieces i think i think that's really brutal and savage Okay, Greg has a different... I mean, I just think murder is bad. I think murder can... Yeah, murder's bad. Don't kill people who don't deserve it. And I don't like guns. Gun violence freaks me out. But that guy technically shot himself. And I choked myself. No, I keep telling you that's not... That's what happened. And then the last one was... His final statements where he's like, What do you see when you look at me? a kid, a man, a human, a monster. And I said, no, I see an idiot. I see an idiot film, bro. That's what I see. That's basically my, those are, those are my notes. They're a little different than mine, but I'm, I'm here for them. Well, because I knew that your notes would be very detailed and help us carry along this episode because that's basically how we've been going so far. And I think it's pretty successful. Like, I think it's a good, I love the feedback guys. You let us know. Um, but yeah, I just wrote down little things that, like, quirked me. 
Greg is actually really funny to watch some stuff with. He, uh, he gives great commentary, especially when he's high. Um, and it's not a serious film, because then I get crazy, because I'm like, shut up. Well, yeah, <laughs> but we have also come to the agreement quite some time ago um, that we don't like watching serious films or anything that we would want to watch seriously high the first time. Yeah. Because I want, we both want to experience the film as it should be. Yeah. Sober. Sober. But then depending on how fucking fire that movie was, and if it's the right mood to watch high. You can watch it a second time You could definitely watch it that second time high and be able to appreciate it under a different lens. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm... I'm just such a different person when I'm high. Um, not like a like a complete human. Like just I'm a little bit just dumber. Like ten smart. Don't watch Tenet High the first time. I did. Don't do it because it wouldn't even make sense if you were sober. I'll tell you that I did see it sober and it did not make sense. And I and saw I'd, it in theaters even. I'd really also like to know what Christopher Nolan is smoking so that I may too smoke some of that and that lose good, my good. shit temporally. I Good don't know, because this guy, uh, he, he's got a problem with time. <laughs> like I wonder he's if he's always a, on time. a real problem with time and space, and I don't know what his issue with it is. Um, but he has a real vendetta against temporospatial like, <laughs> theories. <true. laughs> um, oh, uh, so basically we've run through the entirety of this film. I think the only thing left that we could maybe uh, speak about besides our ratings is kind of, uh, this is touching on the, well, this was actually part of the Black Lives Matter um, collection collection on Netflix, which is kind of weird that they made that collection at all. Um, but, you know, we've been living in this time, and this film is clearly making some sort of commentary on this. And I think it would be interesting for the viewers to kind of talk about a little bit, like, what are your what's your take on uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and how this film interacts with it? In either a positive or a negative way. What do you think? Um, I was really gonna spitball off of you, but for me, it's um, it's a mixed bag. I don't know. I have such a strange background. I'm obviously a Black Lives Matter advocate. Um, I'm not someone who's very anti-police necessarily, though. I'm very um, not like I'm a Blue Lives Matter. Like by God, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, am I someone who's like defund the police? No, maybe restructure the police. Yes. Change protocols. Um, how do I think black people are treated in the United States? Uh, poorly. Um, I don't know to the degree that this is always so hard to describe. There, there was another movie I had seen, um, that had to do with police I don't remember. It was with Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you know what I'm talking about? End of Watch. End of Watch. Yeah. Something about that movie kind of made me um, think a little bit more about what police do. So there's this idea that like, uh, I think two things kind of happen in police interactions with black people. Black people are immediately tense and they're freaking out because they're like, this can happen to me, you know. Because it does happen. It does happen. And then I think police have internalized racism 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. So I think both sides are walking into interactions already really, like, freaked out. And I think when you have two people really freaked out where one has a gun, it just leads to a dangerous situation. Um, so I don't always know if, you know, I don't think all police are racist. 
I don't think that every interaction every black person have with a police officer is negative. I also don't know from my personal experience because I am very mixed, but I'm light skinned. So every interaction I've ever had with police has been fine. I don't really have a vendetta for the police. Um, I was not raised in that way, but also I'm, I realize that I'm particularly like polite, like I've, and I'm a woman, not of, especially not now, especially like I'm not large, like I'm just non-threatening. So I don't know. Um, it's been a very, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure. So the film was tr obviously trying to interact with, with that. And I, I don't know if it did a successful job. I feel it was heavy handed. I think this little critic blurb kind of sums it up well where the film arrives with a timely theme and a cast whose stock has soared in the intervening time, they mean from 2018 to 2021. Yeah. Um, making this one for the time capsule, if nothing else, it's just that the movie adds up to less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I could agree with that. Like, it has some good ideas, good cast. And someone else says, based on the book by Walter Dean Myers, Monster is a missed opportunity to tell a cohesive, emotionally affecting story about racial injustice. Oh, wow. So it was a book. So maybe the book's better. Um, I don't know. I didn't read it. And then lastly, the film attempts to discuss race and identity politics and the way young black men are perceived by the system, but its point is constantly obscured by the path it takes to get there. Okay, I could, yeah, all that I agree with. I'm not as intelligent as people as writing that, but like, I guess that's maybe kind of what I was getting at. Um, yeah. What do you think, Greg? I think it just wasn't a good way to actually portray the the falsely accused young black male. Because the shit is that this really does happen all the time. Um, it's happened for decades and generations where... Really where it's more cut and dry that this person is innocent. And they're still being vilified in media. They're being destroyed in court. And they get sentenced to years in prison. I don't think this hit the, the nail the way it, it could have. Definitely not. I just think it, it, it missed its mark. It was a little soft, too. I feel like the film was playing he not, it Yeah, because, because it also nothing happened to him in, in jail. That's true. Nothing happened to him. We don't see anything. He didn't get abused physically. He didn't get raped. He didn't... He barely he got even yelled got at. emotionally abused. He got yelled at like once because he was like in the shower. For too long, but the yeah. guy didn't even really yell at him. The guy was just like, hurry the fuck up, young blood, and get out of the shower. Like, it's my turn. Yeah, it wasn't even that serious. he was spacing out. Um, but I don't even know how long he was in there, actually, either. It, it, was, prob it was quite some time. Which is also interesting to me because of the fact that his family clearly has money. Bail. Oh, was there no bail? They don't mention if there was if the bail was a high amount. Like he could have just not been in jail. There's the one time. thing that I did like that he did say though. I think when he got out, he was saying, I don't know if he said he was holding his breath or he's something about how he real he had to like remind himself that he wasn't in there anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like you might remember it. Yeah. I don't know what the line was, but it was pretty, that I liked. Because I feel like that's something like a PTSD, PTSD thing. Yeah, where he wakes up and he's like, am I still there? Yeah, so. Because he was there for a long time. But we don't get enough of that. 
we don't see him get hardened by the system. We don't see no, the aftermath. No, he just comes really. out and he's different, but he's also really not different. Like he's still hanging out on the rooftop taking pictures. Like we don't see if he's had any like has it had any like uh, psychological effects on him. Like, it is hasn't it changed him? him as a person. Like he hasn't come out of jail and become, like ostracized like, a repeat his family. Like, yeah, we don't know. His friends are still with him all the way, mostly because he was found not guilty did he go to a good school still i don't know but probably it just seemed like it was a blip like it happened it kind of seems like it doesn't matter yeah like it didn't really matter because there are people that lost their entire lives in jail for a crime they didn't commit although do you want to give a little personal anecdote to the to this story in what way well i mean to like the viewers i don't know if we do enough time what anecdote um, well, this is a personal story, um, but the way that the system really is different for other people, uh, my ex-boyfriend, um, this is an anecdote, he, he, uh, he lived in the Bronx, uh, which is considered New York City, and he had a firearm charge. It was actually considered a terrorist quite charge. Quite a few firearm charges. And he was underage, um, and he ended up shooting himself. Uh, sort of like that man at the bodega. And then lying about it. And lying about it, but not not only lying. I'll tell you what he said because I found it about it. Found out about it uh, while I didn't know the true story for years. But when I initially noticed, I'm like, hey, like, what's that fucking hole in your leg? Like, you know, it was you know healed up, but it looked like a bullet wound. He said that he was accosted by a black man. Um, and shot on his front steps. Shot on his front steps, and he said this to the police, even too, to cover his own ass. But to say that a black guy, like, that was the first thing that he jumped to. Well, he was racist. Well, I, we don't know how racist, but definitely internalized racism in the very least. Um, although I guess he did vote for Trump, but that I didn't know either. There's a lot, this is a lot longer. And more, again, we should have a personal uh, podcast. But anyway, he, um, he obviously had to go to uh, trial for this whole thing. Never uh, went to jail. Well, he didn't go to jail. There's a reason for that, though. The reason he didn't go to jail is because he was in such bad condition medically. He was chained to the bed, though. He recovered, though. He was chained to the bed. Before the case was he was really? Over. He didn't have to go... That nigga was never in jail. No, I know he wasn't in jail. I just thought he'd had to recover. There recovered. was no bail. There was nothing. Like, he... He was definitely in some serious trouble, though. Yeah. And, and his rich aunt... And then 100% went away. It yeah. Was, like, rather quickly. It went away... The judge didn't convict him. The only repercussion he really he saw had, from that whole thing was that he didn't go to the college he wanted to go to. Well, that wasn't even because of the, the thing that happened. It was because people found out about it. Well, yeah, people found out about it, but then he lied to the deans about it as well. Okay, I guess that's fine. But it wasn't even that good of a school. Um, and I guess he had a parole officer, but even that was like really quiet and like he very like hushed. A, he was on probation. Oh, he was on for probation. For like not that long. No. And his probation officer was like some silly woman. Yeah. That likes to threaten to smack him with a pool noodle or something because he was out of state when he wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, he didn't even follow the guidelines no. and he was fine. They never drug tested him. They never no. searched his place. Like, And this is a white really man. Really just nothing. This was a white guy um, and he got away with it. And, and this kid, as far as we know, just walked into a bodega, walked out, looked at the sunlight, and, like, he went to jail for a year. And 
or a year and pro- maybe more. Maybe more, because these things take a long time. But really, time. back to my original point, I, I just don't think, I just, I don't know. Like, there, there are so many cases that are even happening today where people are acquitted finally for crimes that they 100% didn't, didn't commit. There yeah. was bad evidence for it. And it really just came down to the fact that they might have had a shitty public defender and the perception of Being, young black men in America. Yeah, because that's of a, it. Yeah, because I always think I'm like I always told Brandon I was like, oh, if you if you were black, like you know that would have been you a were very even different. Just like, vaguely brown, it, it could have been, been a lot a, different. You would have went to jail. What do you mean? You yeah. definitely went to jail for a long time. At least a few years. Yeah. Um. So that that's my personal story. Uh to that um and i guess there was that park after dark thing rate it rate it um uh, okay so five is like mediocre was it worth a watch five just means above five just means it was worth the watch that's hard to say i feel like 4.8 just under just under being worth it Okay, yeah, I guess so. Because I don't really feel like I gained anything from seeing this film, but I also don't think it's a terrible film. That's what part of me wants to give it a six, because I feel like that's like a film that's not like awful, but was it worth my... Was it worth it? No. I think... And it was not even that long. Um, It wasn't worth it. And in comparison to what we've... It's so hard, guys. These movies are so bad. The next film we're reviewing is awful. Um, Greg hasn't seen it yet, but I... (laughs) In comparison, Monster was really good. Um, but yes, I think 4.8 is fair. Even 4.9 if we're really by the skin of our teeth. Um, maybe because Jennifer Hudson's in it. We have, a, we have an Oscar winner. Five if you want. I don't want to give it the five. It's not worth it. Because it's not. <laughs> so that was my take, guys. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it for tonight. Catch you guys in the next one. Bye.